Hey, good people, what's going on? And welcome back to a new fresh season of the Confidence Podcast. Yes, it was formerly known as the Life with Kimmy Podcast, but guys, we have gone through some remodeling in the past few years because we just wanted to make sure that we are tapping into the audience that is appropriate for the messages that we are delivering. I'm really excited because this season is going to be like no other season I've done. I have some awesome interviews lined up for you guys with ladies and gentlemen in the community to help you overcome those issues that you may have pertaining into different areas of your life. So we are building the confidence. We are equipping you with confidence. We are equipping you with self-confidence to tackle your everyday life through faith and without fear. And so what I've come to learn in all of this is that first and foremost, there is a recipe of what you need to know in order to effectively and intentionally walk this life out and be able to do it in a way that is going to be pleasing to your success. And so today I'm really excited. That is just me, y'all. If if y'all are journeying for the first time, then you know what? It's going to be a wild season because guess what? I've learned to just be who I am in the midst of the process and to take the reins off from what other people think I needed to be, even as a coach, even as an influencer, even as a speaker, even as a podcast host, even as a mom and a wife, I have taken the boundaries off and I am stepping completely out of the box. So with that being said, we are going to get right into this week's episode. We're going to be talking about the God kind of confidence. Now there is something different in the confidence that we possess versus the confidence that we find in Christ Jesus to be able to accomplish everything that we desire and we purpose in this life or that God purposes for us. The first thing that I've come to understand in the beginning of this year, even in my own personal life, is that we must be intentional. Everything must be done with a plan of action behind it. If not, then you are merely existing. You are literally just putting things out and casting your nets and hoping that something's going to bite. But when you have an intention, then you are working effectively. You're being productive. You're working diligently. You are focused. Your faith is in alignment and you have great expectation. And that is a lot when when it comes to the things that God wants you to have. So the first thing that I've come to understand is that before we can do anything in confidence, we have to build up trust. Well, how can we build up trust? We must build up trust by first spending time and having a true relationship. The problem why a lot of relationships do not work is because we do not know the person that we're in relationship with. We don't know their character. We don't know their likes. We don't know their dislikes. We're just in it because it seems cool it's fresh it's something new they may look good smell good drive something good whatever your reason but if you do not know that person then you're not building any intimacy in that relationship to take you to the next level. And so that is how it is in our everyday life. When it comes to us walking in the God kind of confidence, we got to first know who he is. If you do not know by now and you are a believer and this is your first time hearing this type of message, then you know what? I say grab a pen and a piece of paper and buckle your seatbelts because it's about to be a ride. Because at the end of the day, we have an adversary. We have an adversary to our faith and we ain't going to give Satan too much credit on here because he gets none from us, right? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes that we may have life and have it in abundance as it is stated in John 10, 10. The one thing about God is there are four characteristics about God 
that you absolutely must know in building your relationship. Now, I'm not saying this is only who he is because God has so many names. He's so many things to us. He is everything that we need him to be. But these are some of the characteristics of him that I believe will help you to overcome the enemy. So before we get into those four, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills and we're going to come back and I'm going to speak to you guys about the four characteristics that I have found in scripture pertaining to God. And I'm hoping that once you learn him for yourself, this will free you in a whole bunch of areas. So we'll be right back. Are you sitting back watching everybody live the life that you desire because you're too afraid to step out? Are you afraid of failing and never achieving the things that you desire? If this is you, head over to www.kimmymiller.com to sign up on the waiting list for Coach Kimmy's new and improved eight-week program called Confidence. This program will teach you and equip you with the tools that you need to be successful in every area of your life. Registration starts in mid-March, but you can sign up to be on the wait list on today. So head on over there right now and sign up at www.kimmymiller.com. That's www.kemimiller.com. Now let's get back into the show. All right, guys, now that we are back from that break, I told you guys that we we're going to get into four characteristics that I found in scripture pertaining to the Lord and who he is. And I'm really, really hoping once again, that you guys will take heed to what is being said in these scriptures so that you can take a hold of who God is for yourself. When we know who God is, the enemy can't tell us he's something different. And that's a one up on the devil. See, the devil takes us out by technicalities because we really don't know who God is. We associate and attribute God to so many things that are opposite of his character and who he actually is. But one thing I want to tell you is God is omnipotent. He is omnipotent. And that's found in Genesis one, where it says that he's the creation of all things, heaven and earth. Omnipotent means all power powerful. He is an all powerful God. There is no power above him. Okay. There is no power in comparison to him. Oftentimes when we are going through things in life, the enemy puts the press on us so hard that we start comparing what we're going through to whether or not God can deliver us. There is no equal to God. God is all powerful. He is powerful, not because of us, but because he alone is God. The difference between him and the adversary is the enemy only has power when we give it over to him. God is all powerful and he's a, he's a spirit being that holds all power in his hands. And so there is a difference between the two. And if you don't know the difference between the two, you cannot speak that out to the adversary to minimize your situation and overcome in that area. You got to know that God is an all powerful, almighty God, and there is nothing too difficult for him. The second thing we need to know, um, as found in John three sixteen, we hear the scripture all the time. Jesus so loved the world or God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever so, should believe in Jesus shall have eternal life. That is because he's an all loving being that is omnibenevolent. He's an omnibenevolent type of God. He's all loving. He's an all loving being. And we can also see this in Psalms 86, 15. It says, but you, O Lord are a God full of compassion 
kind and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. It also says in another version that he is slow to anger. Y'all, God is so patient with us, especially with all the crap that we go through and all the things that we bring upon ourselves. God is still patient and his love for us is still an enduring type of love that will love us until the end of the earth. It says that God loves all of his creation. Everything that he created, he loves. It does not mean that he will not correct what is wrong. It just means that his love also comes with correction. So you got to understand that God is compassionate. He's gracious. He's long suffering and abundant in mercy and in truth. Now that's the new King James version. I'm going to try to read another version of the scripture to you guys, because I believe that having different versions of the same scripture brings a little bit of clarity. And so I'm going to read it into um, the amplified version. It says, but you, O Lord, our God who protects and is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Now, I love that amplified version just a little bit more of the New King James Version because it really spells it out for us. Look at all the different things that are wrapped up into him being loving. He protects us. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in loving kindness and truth. That's six different things wrapped up in his love. And I don't know where we get this big, mean, angry God from that the world is trying to convince is the God that we serve. Once again, he is a just God. So of course, naturally he is going to be just when it comes to those situations that are opposing to his word. You have a consequence to deal with if you go against God. Okay. The next thing we need to know is that God is omniscient. He is an all knowing God. We can find this in first John three, um, 18 through 20, first John three, 18 through 20. And this scripture, I think I found this in the amplified version as well. Because like I said, the Amplified version for me just spells it out a little bit more in depth, especially if you want to study the word, which I suggest you do, because even the Bible tells us to study, to show, show ourselves approved. But this one says, little children, believers, dear ones, let us not love merely in theory with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion. But in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. By this, we will know without any doubt that we are of the truth and will assure our heart and quiet our conscience before him. Whenever our heart convicts us in guilt, for God is greater than our heart and he knows all things, nothing and I repeat, nothing is hidden from him because we are in his hands. Y'all, that is so reassuring to know that God knows everything, that nothing is hidden from him, that everything is, is revealed to him because we are in his hands. We are not of ourselves when we say yes to Jesus Christ. We now have a whole army of the kingdom of God that is here supporting us and backing us up. And this is so good because it's like, look, don't just say that you love somebody. Let your practice of love, your action, your sincerity of what you do show the love because that is going to be how people 
people will know that with any doubt, without any doubt, you are of truth. And we know that God is a God of truth. So we've learned already that he's omnipotent. He's um, um, omnibenevolent. He's omniscient. And now we're going to learn that he's omnipresent. Here is the fourth characteristic. And I may have said five before, but this is the fourth characteristic that I found in scripture. Um, He's omnipresent. God is everywhere at all times. And see, that's the difference with the devil. The devil is not everywhere at all times. People, let me explain this to you. And let me get into this real quick. Like I said, we don't give the enemy any credit, but the Bible also tells us that we can't be foolish of the enemy's devices. See, the whole point of the enemy taking and lying to the angels that were in heaven, this is why three-fourths of the angels got kicked out of heaven because they believed the lie. Oftentimes, the reason why people are going to hell is because they believe the lie. Hell was not even created for human beings. It was created for Satan and his demons. Okay. It was not created for us as human beings. We have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and go to heaven. But the problem is when we are going through all these little demonic forces that Satan has lined up in his army become so, um, so surrounding of us, or we feel so surrounded that we think that the devil, it's always the devil. Sometimes it's the things that he sent out to us. However, once again, showing God's power, showing God's authority, showing God's, um, his stature, showing his position, God is everywhere at all times. He didn't need any of us if he didn't want to have us because he's everywhere at all times. However, the adversary has to recruit people. So you see the difference between the God we serve versus the enemy that we're fighting against. That's why the Lord tells us the battle is not ours. It is his. um, Omnipresent means everywhere at all times. If we look at Psalms 33, 13 to 14, it explains to us that the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all. All the sons of man, all, not excluding anyone, looking down from heaven, he see all the sons of man. Take a pause just right there and just think about that. Could you imagine sitting in your chair and looking down at your floor and your floor representing earth and you can see everything all at once? That's how big the God we serve is. He, he looks down from heaven and he sees all the sons of man. From his dwelling place, he looks closely upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Now, I I found another version of that. um, And I can't remember if it was in the Message Bible version or not. But I'm going to try to go and pull that up real quick while we're talking about it. Because there's another version that says that he sees everybody in the earth at the same time. And I think this is the one, but I'm not certain. So I'm going to read it anyway. From high in the skies, God looks around. He sees all Adam's brood. From where he sits, he overlooks all us earth dwellers. He has shaped each person in turn. Now he watches everything we do. Y'all, that's the message Bible verse. And he watches everything we do. There is nothing that is hidden from God. God see it all. So while y'all out here sinning and funning and doing whatever you're doing, same thing with me or anybody else. God see it. God knows it because he's all knowing. He's all powerful. He's everywhere at all times. And he's an all loving being. When you talk about completeness, you're talking about God, the father. So I hope that this has blessed you in this part. We're going to get a little bit deeper into this because the second part of this is not only knowing who God is. 
but you got to know what he's capable of doing in your life. Now, this is the part where you guys say, he's my provider. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He is all of these different things because you went through this experience and God has brought you through and giving you a testimony. So the first part of being in the God kind of confidence is knowing who he is. And then knowing what he's able to do in your life. And once he's done it in your life the first time, you'll know that he says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He will do it in your life again. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, guys, welcome back from that break. Like I told you, the scripture said that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That can be found in Hebrews 13, 8. As a side note, now that we know that we have God as the provider and we know who he is, he is all powerful. There is no one that is on God's level at all. There is nobody that's on God's level. There will never be anyone. He is the beginning and the end to it all. People say, you know what, I, you know, I pray to the universe. This is a misnomer for you guys. That is even a lie from the enemy because Jesus was given authority over the universe by God. So if you don't ask in the name of Jesus, he says, ask according to my will in my son's name and it shall be done to you. He didn't say pray to the universe. He didn't say rub crystals. He didn't say light candles or burn sage. He didn't say any of that. None of that is going to cleanse up or fix your life. The only thing that's going to fix your life is the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we're getting getting into these next um, part of the questions, we also got to know who we are in Christ. Now, I know that we're familiar with hearing, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes, that is true, but that is not the part of who I am that I'm talking about. The part of who you are that I'm talking about is five different characteristics that I have found in scripture about who God says you are. Yes, you are his children. Yes, you are made in his image. Yes, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes, you have authority and the power to decree and declare just as he said in his word. But guess what? You are also chosen. According to Ephesians 1, 4 through 6, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. Let me pause before I even get into the rest of that. Some of y'all are looking to be chosen by people. You are looking to be accepted by others. God has already chosen you. And guess what? He didn't choose you when you were born. He didn't choose you when you got the best award. He didn't choose you when you did your best in school and got all of your accolades and acknowledgments. He chose you before the foundation of the world was even in place. It says just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. He chose us to be his children before the foundations of the earth. He knew that the world was not going to be able to withstand all the sin that it took. And guess what? He earmarked us to be reconciled back with him when he already knew that he was going to send Jesus because we as people could not keep the covenant of not messing up. Let me tell you, that's how good of a God we serve. Our natural minds can't even articulate how God could even 
Think of all the stuff, even before he put the trees in the ground, before he put the water in on the ground, before he put the stars in the sky, he already knew what was going to happen in this world from the beginning to the end. That's why nothing is a surprise to him. Your mistake is not a surprise. The things that happen to you, not a surprise. The things that you overcome, not a surprise. The victories you have, not a surprise. Because guess what? He wrote it all out in your life, step by step before the foundations of this earth. And then he adopted us to be reconciled with him through Christ Jesus. That is some good, good stuff. And that's in Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. So the first part is you've been chosen. The second part is you are holy. You are already holy. Holiness is not based off of your behavior. I will say that again. Holiness is not based off of your behavior. We are to live holy which is our behavior, but you are already holy when Jesus died for you and you accepted him as Lord and Savior. Colossians 1, 21 through 22 says, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now have been reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Look y'all, when Jesus died, he died and through his death, you were presented as holy and blameless. That's why we can go to God and we can plead the blood of Jesus. When God sees us, he sees the blood of Jesus. When we ask for forgiveness, he sees the blood of Jesus. He says, I will remember your sin no more. It is not God that is holding your sin over your head. It is that... Hey Atlanta, there's a new media company in town and guess what? They're helping anyone who needs assistance with bringing all still things to life, whether by video, photography, audio, or just conceptual brainstorming, whatever your media need is, they got you. To get more information, hit them up at BelieverVisionMedia at gmail.com. That's B-L-V-R-V-S-N-Media at gmail.com. It is the adversary that is trying to condemn you from walking in the freedom of your purpose. Yes, we need to be conscious of the things that we do opposite of the word of God. Yes, we need to always be in our heart, forget, um, ready to ask for forgiveness and come with a repentant heart of truth, right? But because we have done what we've done, it does not eliminate the fact that Jesus died for us and the work was finished. And therefore, the holiness came upon us as he presented us holy and blameless to God through his blood. You are already holy, child of God. Now it's time for you to just live like you're holy. The number three thing that God called us, he called us righteous. Now that goes alongside of holiness because we want to live a righteous, clean lifestyle. So righteousness to me and my standpoint is like how you conduct yourself with what you do in this world. When people look at you, can they tell that you are a, a believer of Jesus Christ or do they look at you as an unrighteous person who says that they love Jesus? So in 2 Corinthians 5, 20 through 21, it says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as through God, we're pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
You hear that? Be reconciled to God for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Y'all, we do not make ourselves righteous. There is nothing that we can do to make ourselves righteous. We become righteous through the blood of Jesus because Jesus became sin for us that we could have that um, benefit. That's our promise because of what he did for us, the righteousness of our life. We are made righteous through what Jesus did. He became sin so that we may become righteous in God. We couldn't have done anything because humankind or mankind was born into sin. When Jesus came, he reconciled us back to God through his blood, which was free from sin. So we don't do anything outside of what Jesus has done for us. And if we don't know this truth, how much could the adversary come in and lie to us about how we feel unrighteous or unholy or not chosen and not accepted when God says all of these things were a birthright to you when you were reborn in Jesus. My God, the number four reason he says you are justified. You are already justified. Y'all stop trying to prove yourself to people. Y'all got to stop being people pleasers. Please Jesus, please God with your life. Please the Holy Spirit and let him have a comfortable place that he can dwell in without any foolery and, and mischief and strife all the time. In Romans 5, 1, it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have peace with God because we have already been justified by faith. Our faith has justified us. When we said, yes, we believe that Jesus Christ died, went to hell in the grave, took the keys, went to heaven, and now is sitting at the right hand of the father because he rose from the dead and is alive and he's interceding on our behalf. Through our faith, we became justified in Christ. You don't have to look for anyone else's approval. You have already been approved of. You have already been chosen. You are, have already been called righteous. You have already been called holy. You have already been, be called, been called justified. And now guess what? He also says, you're represented. This one, I think out of all of them, when I came across this, this thing just hit me like a ton of bricks. Because sometimes we fight for who we are in Christ against others. Sometimes we are so busy trying to prove to others that we are who God has called us to be, even though they may not see us that way. They may not see us as the entrepreneur. They may not see us as, um, as the minister of the gospel. They may not see us as the life coach. They may not see us as the singer or the songwriter because they're looking at our flesh and the mistakes that we've made in our life and the things that have happened in our past and the families that we come from. But God doesn't see that. God sees us as his chosen. God sees us as holy and righteous. God sees us as justified. And he says, look, in Romans 8, 34, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, 
who also makes intercession for us. And that's what I was just talking about, y'all, without even reading that scripture. He died. He rose. He's interceding. He is representing us. Every time the adversary go to God about some affliction or sin that you have, guess what? Jesus is standing up and saying, "Uh uh-uh, Father, he already asked for forgiveness. That sin has been covered by the blood of Jesus. We see that sin no more. We remember that sin no more. See, that's what you got to know. You got to get out of this place of guilt because if you don't know that you're represented by Christ against the adversary, you will spend your lifetime trying to prove to people who God already says you are. You have already been called to be what he has called you to be. He has already equipped you to be everything that he has called you to be. He has already supplied everything that you need to be what he's called you to be. But you got to get your mindset in that place to receive what God has prepared for you. And if you can't get in that mindset, guess what? The enemy comes in like a flood looking on who he can devour. But it says when the enemy comes in like that, the Holy Spirit raises a standard against him. You are still in the right place at the right time, even right now. You just got to get your mind equipped to knowing who you are in him. When you get to the point of knowing who you are in him, now we can look at what he's equipped you to do. In Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30, it is the parable of the talents. I talk about this so much because even though this scripture is talking about money, I'm going to use your gifts and talents as a representation. We can, we don't even have to go through 14 through 30. We could just do Matthew 25, 14, because this is what freed me to be able to be a speaker. When my own family was doubting me, when my own husband was ridiculing my calling, because they didn't understand the anointing on my life. They just saw me for the person that I was, the person that they knew too familiar, right? They saw me for the person that made mistakes just like everyone else, but they couldn't even imagine or fathom that someone who could come out of all the things that I've been through would be able to stand before people and tell them about Jesus and help them to be set free and help them to be um, healed from their brokenness and help them to get a clear perspective. See, a lot of people didn't know that because they looked at my history, not knowing that my history is his story for me. See, there's a difference. He gave me that story so that I can be healed, delivered, set free to tell others to heal, deliver and set free so they can tell others to heal, deliver and set free. See, when it comes to God, the flow never stops. It never stops. God is like a water faucet. He says, I'm a well that never runs dry. You will never thirst again in me. You will never have to try to figure out what's next when you have a relationship with God. God will always be speaking to you. God will always give you instruction on what's next. The problem is not that he hasn't given you instruction. The problem is that you haven't been obedient or you don't spend enough time with him to even know that he's been talking. But in Matthew 25, 14, it says, for it is just like a man who was about to take a journey and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions to one. He gave five talents to another two and to another one, each according to his own ability. And then he went on his journey. See, God ain't going to never call you to be what he's called you to be and not already give you the ability according to your ability. A lot of this, look, if you dealing with imposter syndrome, this going to free you right here. 
You don't have to be like the person that you're trying to live like. He has given you your own ability. It says he's given them gifts of talents according to their own ability. And then when he handed it out based off of their own ability, then he went on his way. One thing about God, you are going to always be equipped. God is never going to shortchange you. He can't call you to be a preacher and not give you the anointing to preach. The reason why you see people out here trying to struggle or struggling in their gifts is because maybe it's a talent that God didn't give them. And they may have picked it up from somebody else or looked at it and say, oh, that's easy. I can imitate that. But there is no power behind it. After having five children, the one thing that has stuck around with me has been this stubborn belly fat. Not to include the rest of my body has suffered as well. Instead of doing another bad diet and failed exercise routine, I decided to seek out professional help and make an investment in myself. I reached out to King Ray where he gave me a consultation based off of the desire that I have to lose weight and to get healthy and in shape. As a return, he gave me a customized exercise and meal plan regimen that's suitable just for my body type. If you need some assistance with getting to the next step of your exercise and health, hit him up on Instagram at King Ray. That's Q-I-N-G-R-E-Y. Now let's get back into the show. Because there's a difference when God gives you the ability versus what you are giving yourself the ability to do. You can go out here and learn a skill every day. But there's a difference when you have the anointing of God on your ability. Y'all, I'm telling you, when you get to a place of knowing who you are and you get to a place of understanding that he has already equipped you, you need to start that business. Guess what? He's already equipped you to the blueprint. He's already equipped you with what it takes. He's already equipped you with the, the strength and the power and the faith that you need. He's already equipped you with the anointing to carry it out for such a time. He's already given you the people lined up that are going to help you along the way. He just needs you to know it. And once you know it, guess what? You're unstoppable no matter what comes your way. And the adversary don't like that. So now we've learned about God and the power that he possesses. And we have testimonies that prove who he is to us and what he's able to do. Because if he did it before, he can do it again. Then he came and he showed us who we are in him. We're chosen. We're holy. We're righteous. We're justified. We're represented. And then he follows up by telling us, not only are you all those things, but guess what? Whatever I called you to do, I've already given you the ability to do it before I went on my way. I've already given you the ability. I've already equipped you with everything that you need to make sure that it happens. There's no reason to be afraid because you already have it on the inside of you. The other person is trying to tell you they can't see your anointing. They can't see what your purpose to do. They can't see the calling on your life because it wasn't made for them. It was made for you. And guess what, y'all? This is the most freeing part. There is an audience that is waiting, that is specifically and strategically assigned to the calling that's on your life. That's why I'm not a coach for everybody. Everybody can't handle my coaching style. 
I can't handle every client that comes my way and say they need to be a coach because I don't deal with people who don't want to do the work. I don't deal with people who make a lot of excuses. I don't deal with people who are sitting back waiting for the next handout. I need some people that are hungry and thirsty and ready to put in the work because when you have that drive, guess what? Now God can get himself involved and say, okay, now you listening. Let's make a move. See, the thing about the blessings of God, they're already aligned up in our lives. There isn't God ain't sitting in there like a workshop on Christmas. He ain't sitting there like, OK, they made to the stuff. Let me go into the into the lab and let me fix this next blessing. Honey, your blessings are already lined up until the day you take your last breath and the blessings thereafter for the generations that come after you. It is already in the atmosphere. It is already lined up in the unseen realm. All you have to do is align your will with his, align your mindset with his. You got to have the I can attitude despite what it looks like. You have to have the I am attitude because he says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you know that you are chosen, when you know that you are holy, when you know that you are righteous, when you know that you are justified, when you know that you are represented, you don't have to explain yourself to folks no more. You just walk in what God has called you to do and you align yourself with the Holy Spirit. And if it's just you and the Holy Spirit, then guess what? You're going to get there a lot quicker. The next part of, of the God kind of confidence that I love is now that you know all that, what's your plan of action? A lot of people write a five-year vision. That's great. That's cute. I don't do five-year visions. You know why? Because at the end of the day, yes, I'm going to a place But what good is a five-year vision if you don't know what a five-week vision looks like? Some people write visions, but they can't even see where they can get out tomorrow. So you trying to write this vision and you and you, you're getting yourself upset because it looks so far off and so unattainable. It's nothing wrong with having a five-year vision, but work where you are because every small step gets to the big step. The Bible tells us in Habakkuk 2 2 to write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that people can see it and run with it. What does that mean? Guess what? If you have a vision, it needs to be so clear that if somebody come alongside your vision, they can jump in and help you fulfill it without any stress, strain and struggle. And a lot of you don't even know what you want to do with your life because you've been through so much. You're carrying around these burdens, this hurt. You don't have the God kind of confidence because you're looking at man and you're judging God based off of what people did to you. God is not them. God ain't going to hurt you. God ain't going to lie to you. God ain't going to betray you. What he says for your life, it shall be. Yes, people are sent in your life sometimes to distract you from that promise. But guess what? You got to put your feet down in the ground and you got to plant your feet by running water. Just like my girl Stephanie just wrote into her post on Facebook. She wrote the scripture where it says you got to plant your feet by the running water. You got to put your feet in the ground like roots to a tree that that reach so far down into the word that when things come and the winds start blowing, you don't get tossed to and fro like a shaky tree, but you're planted. It don't mean that you ain't going to sway back and forth like a palm tree. It just means you ain't going to snap and fall down. Y'all, it's time for us to live this God kind of confidence. And that's today the reason why I can walk in faith and not fear because I know who I am in Christ. And I'm going to tell you as a disclaimer, be prepared to lose a lot of folks because if they don't know who they are in Christ, they're not going to like who you become in Christ because then that's where it comes where you think you're better than someone else. I've never thought that I was better than someone else, but I always knew I was better than the version of who I used to be. 
And that's when I leveled up because I knew that my life and who I wanted to be in this life was so much greater than the level I was already living on. And I'm so glad that God opened up my eyes and revealed these scriptures to me to let me know who I am. Because when I am justified in him, it don't hurt no more when somebody try to bring up my past. I'm delivered. It doesn't hurt anymore when somebody try to tell me what I'm not because I'm God's chosen. I am what he says that I am. I can do what he says that I can do. I can have what he says that I can have. And I'm going to fulfill my purpose before my life is over. I suggest that this week you take some time to posture yourself in the presence of God and just thank him for who he is. Thank him for who he's called you to be and begin to walk in your authority. The God kind of confidence. If you guys love this message, just remember to reach out to us on anchor.fm. You can even leave a voice message and let me know your thoughts on this week's episode. But if you want to be a guest on the show or you would like your business to be advertised on the show, hit us up. Follow us on social media at The Confidence Podcast. That's spelled C-O-N-F. H-E-R-D-E-N-C-E podcast and let them know we are talking real life things. We are here to equip you with the self-confidence that you need to tackle everyday life so that you can walk in faith and without fear. So until next week, guys, have a blessed week. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure that you head over to Instagram.com and follow us at theconfidencepodcast.com. Have a great week.